We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Most valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Two seconds. Middleton. Yes! Chris Middleton. Jumper. Got it. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Eurostep Podcast Network. And the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am one of your hosts, Ty Windish. I am joined, as always, by the back online, Rohan Kadi. We intended to do this pod last night. We were recording this on Saturday. Last night was the Bucks' last preseason game against the Dallas Mavericks. The preseason is now over. We are looking ahead to the NBA season. We're excited to do so. But Rohan, you're back online. How's it going? Uh, usually... Uh... I'd be happy about that. I just, uh, I mean, I am happy that I'm back online. Just being back online sometimes is like, well, maybe, maybe you should go back <laughs> online. Maybe we should all be offline, really. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I need the internet. Uh, so it's, it's good to be back. Uh, I'm heavily dependent on it uh, for a lot of things. So I don't know why I'm admitting all of this right now. But <laughs> we're here. We are indeed here. Um, so there's a lot of reasons to be excited about the 2021, 2022 Milwaukee Bucks, the reigning champion, the title defense year, all that stuff. So we each have a list of four things that we're excited about. It's not five things because I declared without even asking, but I feel pretty confidently you're going to agree. Our number one thing for both of us is Giannis. I think Giannis is by far the biggest story of the Bucks preseason. As excited as we are about some new players, some new wrinkles, some returning players. I mean, how can Giannis shooting 66% from three over his three games not be the takeaway? So we're starting the number one reason for Bucks excitement as it has been for the past five years. Hopefully will continue to be for the next five years is Giannis. We've Glossed over Giannis's greatness too often. We're not doing that today. We are starting with Giannis. Rohan, break it down. Why are we? Um, I said some of it, but why are you so excited about Giannis heading into this season? I I don't even think you said it. You said sixty six from three percent from three in the postseason. That's not why I'm excited. It really isn't because we've seen we've seen his three point shot come and go. We've seen it just be like, oh, is it? Is this what he needs to add to his game? He's we've seen him be a little trigger happy just a couple months ago from three. It's like trying to match KD pull up three for pull up three. It's like uh, just go back and listen to my reactions to those things. Uh, so the thing I'm more focused on is just the mid range, just the mid range pull ups, the turnarounds, little Dirk step back fades. It's just like oh my goodness, it looks like he was going. Uh, he was attacking, trying to get those type of shots in the preseason, which is fair for the preseason. Again, during the regular season, during the playoffs, he's still going to be attacking the rim. He's still going to be doing what he does best. But if you're just working on stuff, working on that is incredible. And you're hitting it at such a high clip. Like, my goodness. I've That's more the... important. We, we've mentioned that this yeah. is more important than a three-point shot. And I still stand by that. 
Yes, I agree. I've got the number. And funny enough, he only shoots 58% from free throw uh, on his 12 attempts. So that was not great. But from Dalton Sell, friend of the podcast, at Sell underscore Dalton. Good morning. This is this morning. He tweeted this. Giannis shot five for seven from the mid-range and four for six from deep in the preseason. Like, the threes are exciting. And I will say, as someone who's been burned before, I do think his shot looks better than we've seen it. Over, I mean, it's three games, six shots, sounds like such a small sample. But with Giannis in the past, like, two to three years, it was literally, like, game to game. Like, one game it would look good. The next game, maybe the next night, it wouldn't look so good. He's looked consistently smooth and fluid shooting the entire the three preseason games, the entire, the three games we've seen. But I do agree the mid-range is even more exciting. And the way he is... Like, he's not settling for mid-range shots. When the mid-range shots are there, he's just, like, going and just taking them. It's not like, oh, he, he couldn't get his drive and there's nothing else to do, so he's hoisting up a midi. He's like, oh, you're sagging for that far back? Okay, then I'll dribble right here and take this midi. And he's draining them. The fadeaways, it is an exciting time to watch the Bucks. But even even in those fadeaways, there's sort of an element of him going for those shots as well. Like you could see like a little baseline turn around Hakeem esque, which was just like, what what is what is happening right now? <laughs> I believe it was on Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah, I, I think it was. Yep. I, on the, on little, the baseline. Yeah, baseline yeah. turnaround. It's like okay, he he's worked on that. That is a very fluid move, and fluid is just the it's the buzzword because we've seen his shot. He's taken those shots before, right? It's, this isn't like we're seeing new things from Giannis in terms of uh, the type of shots that he's taking. We've seen these shots before. It just looks different. Yeah. Like it feels different. The release point looks different. The form looks different. It looks more fluid. I don't know if you saw the clips. I think uh, our friend Jake Reitz was tweeting about this. Uh, he's been all over the Giannis shoot. Yeah, yeah, uh, yes. Just uh, – Talking, comparing a Chris pull up three with the Giannis pull up oh three, God. and they look they look identical. That would be a good person to get a shot for him from. Yeah, <laughs> you can do worse. But they, they look exactly the same. I encourage everyone and even you to go look at that clip because to. it is it is incredible. Like, and and what you know what I what the reason I'm really excited about Giannis and, and all of this stuff is his first possession of the preseason was still a low post touch that he just go he went right through Darius Baisley for two points. Like this stuff is great, but it should always only be the change up or the curveball if you want to go deep into pitching metaphors, right? Like the fastball will always be get to the rim, dunk through somebody or go around somebody and drop the ball in. That's always Giannis's heater. That's always 60 plus percent of what he's going to be doing. But if you have the changeup of the midi, the fadeaways and the middies and all that stuff around the painted area, and then the curveball of also hitting the threes every now and again when you're wide open on the perimeter, that's when you go from, you know, dominant enough to win a championship just doing mainly the post stuff, although there was some some mostly shorter fadeaways, but some mid-range stuff uh, in the playoffs. A lot of hooks. Too. A lot of hooks. hooks. A lot of, hooks. A lot of jump hooks. hooks. But, like, the more you expand your range, the easier it is. I think in the Dallas game, you could really see that because he shoots more from deep early. And you just see the Mavs defenders inching farther and farther out, right? Like, oh, we can't we can't be a step and a half away. We have to be out there. We have to contest. And then, I mean, if you are whoever, you know, whatever big white guy they have on the perimeter. Maxi Kleba. Maxi Kleba, Porzingis when he's healthy. Um, they also have uh, Powell, too, like. If you're right out there with Giannis, you're not you're not keeping up with him. Like he's gonna be able to beat you and dunk, and then you either are sending help or he's dunking all day. Like it was already impossible to guard him the way he had started playing. And I think we're still gonna see. I, like we kept seeing pick and rolls where he's the roll man. We kept seeing uh, post touches, right? Like that stuff isn't going away. But if he does more of the more of the shots, again, he's never gonna have a Steph Curry shot diet. But if you, can, I, I, we we don't know that at this. We point. don't listen. I've said this before. <laughs> I, I was like, listen, Giannis, for this postseason, be a center. But what he's accomplished, I'll never write. You're right. We should never write off anything. Giannis can do literally anything, but he'll probably never have a Steph Curry shot diet. But if I'm you hearing, have, I'm hearing ties a doubter, he ties <laughs> a hater. If you have to respect him, 
from mid-range and from three, that's when it goes from, like, impossible to guard him to just, like, laughably impossible. Like, there's nothing left. Because we've never seen a player who can score in the interior like Giannis who has legitimate threats everywhere else. Like, even LeBron. Imagine, imagine Shaq and Kobe in right. one player. Yeah, and I, again, do we think he's going to get to Kobe from mid-range? Probably not, but just be incredible. Just be incredible. But that archetype. Yes. like That archetype has never been seen, ever. No. no. It's an we're exciting time. Ourselves. <laughs> yeah. It's an exciting time. But we're not that far ahead of ourselves. That's true. He's got a top 15 peak, according to Josh Eberle's Sporting News peaks thing that I voted in. I had him top mm-hmm. 10, but um, a top 15 peak already. He's got the finals MVP. He's got two MVPs. Like, we're not that far ahead of ourselves, but now Third it's one like, incoming. Yeah, I think, I think so. And second. Yeah, yeah. Second ring, second FMVP, third MVP. I actually don't think he's going to end up with the DPOI, though. Nah. <laughs> Probably not. I, I think, you no. know why? I think Drew is going to get too much respect now after the finals. And what if Drew gets it? I don't think I think it's going to be a split. See, but the, they both made first team last year, didn't they? Yeah, no, I mean DPOY. Oh, in terms DPOY. of yeah, I guess they, they, I, I think, they'll split that. Yeah, yeah, I think the Bucks will have at least two defensive player guys. Brooke might sneak. I think it's. One. I think it's probably still going to be two. The way Brooke is regular like, regularly yeah, season, probably Brooke. not. Probably not. Yeah, I think they'll have yeah. two. Uh, Brooke making an all-defense team just in general is an incredible career accomplishment. It is, considering the way he started. Okay, wait, wait, wait. let's get back to Giannis before we get to yes. other stuff. Are there any other Giannis thoughts? For me, just seeing him add more of the shots to more of – he's also doing more of the center type stuff, right? Like the issue with Giannis previously is he really just never – like he never rolled consistently. He was not posting up in the low block. He's still doing that stuff, but he's also like – his perimeter touches are now like 60-40 drives to shots. And it's like, it's really exciting that he's adding that stuff without taking away the centerish stuff that got him the championship. Yeah, it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot to take in. And again, this is why we're very excited because we're going to see this all play out. Because I, I think you tweeted about this. It was uh, last year that the Bucks used their regular season as sort of defensive playground. Now it's going to be offensive playground. So this is it's going to be fun. It is. It is indeed. And I think one last encouraging Giannis thing. Remember we were getting a little nervy about his health and his knees. He's my knees yeah. hurt every day. My knees are bleeding. Which is profusely. still concerning. Wait, Although, you said that? what? He said the ble- he said they're bleeding I don't profusely. Know. No, no, oh. no, no. That that was me exaggerating. But <laughs> He's, he, like at one point, like the quote from Greece, he sounded like the my leg guy from SpongeBob. Like I didn't know if he had <laughs> legs anymore. But he he played all the after he got back, he played every game. And like the last preseason game where Chris wasn't playing, so when I saw Chris not playing, I was like, maybe the starters will play less, and they just want to get through this and and get to the get to the regular season, which is only like four days from that game. Giannis plays like the first nine minutes and goes on to play like. More than 20 minutes. I think he probably got up to close to 25 minutes. So the fact that he didn't take any games off after he got back does make me feel better about that knee. Because we talked about those knees. We talked about, like, you know, they're going to be cautious in preseason. There's no way they're going to push in preseason. I don't think they were pushing. I just, I think it's like all this with the honest. Like, he's going to have some knee soreness. He'll miss some games here or there. But I, I just, I don't think it's a huge deal. And I don't think it's anything that's, that's all that new to him. He's superhuman. Yeah, that's true. We <laughs> we should we should have learned that by now. But uh, it's still, I'm still going to be cautious. I'm a very cautious, nervy person. My so caution just, is thrown to the wind now. That's just who I am. But yeah. I, I don't know. You're right. We should we should be encouraged by this preseason. I I think in that respect, in that respect, in almost every sense, I am, and I don't think we're gonna do a preseason negatives. I think it's a pretty short list. I mean, mostly like injuries, and then Rodney Hood looked really bad in his one, his only game action, and then apparently was injured again, which is not great. He didn't. He said his, I think it was his foot injury flared up again, which could be the reason that he he didn't look bad. Yeah, 
but, that, but it's, it's also like what's going on here yeah it's concerning in itself given the way his career has gone so far which is a bummer so hoping rodney hood gets healthy but enough the bucks the bucks medical staff should be able to handle it if any nba team can it's the bucks suki's getting that that foot right oh yeah um, Okay, but you kind of touched on one of mine, so I'm going to go first on our, our list of four things, non-Giannis things to be excited. Giannis is the exclamation point. I even put it. We have to talk about other things as well. We, we have to talk about some other things. So you mentioned my tweet about the offense. I think the Bucks' offense is going to be delightful this year. I just listed out all the reasons why, and it's like another list of four-plus things. So here is my incomplete list of why. I'm extremely excited to watch the 2021-2 Milwaukee Bucks on offense. And the defense is going to be fun too. But Giannis getting better. We've already covered. Like, watching this Giannis on offense is just kind of – it's delightful. Like, when he dunks now, it's just like the dunks are even better because he's got a little bit more space to do it. And he is like – he's dunking hard. It's great. So, Giannis. Chris and Drew playing with confidence and further refining their skills. Chris, we've never seen early season Chris look as good as he looked in the preseason in the games he did play. Did you see my tweet or hear it all about what Marcus Johnson said about Drew? No, I missed it. Chad Forcier, Bucks assistant coach, has been working with Drew exclusively, not exclusively, but specifically on lefty and in general, just like tough layup finishes. So like converting around the basket. And listen, the threes with Drew would be great if he hit 37% of his threes all the time. Again, I don't know if that's going to happen throughout a whole playoff run. But we we talked about it during those playoffs. Like just make the layups. Like he scores. He's going to hit some middies. He'll hit threes now and again. He's so strong. He's crafty. He can get to the rim. But he was just botching the layups. I love that the Bucks are honing in on that and saying like, Let's actually get you better at this because you're going to be like a 20 and 10 guy a lot of nights if you're just finishing at a higher clip around the basket. So, and I think, again, the confidence is going to be really good for Chris and Drew, like being champions. Grayson, who I think we'll probably talk about at some other point. Maybe Jordan Wara coming along, who's fun on offense, even if he's not all the way there yet. And Bud seeming to be moving more toward ball screens and Giannis playing as a big. So this was, uh, and I'm excited to let you react to all of this soon. I know I'm talking a ton, but Eric Name wrote a piece about like three things, basically factor cap. He did not write it as such, but it was basically factor cap uh, for the Bucks that we've seen so far. And one of them was they've ran a ridiculous amount of screens. They've also played not a lot of rotational minutes. Like it's been a lot of random players, so to speak. But I do think even in the Giannis minutes, like I think we're seeing Giannis screen more. I think there's going to be more screening and rolling, which I just think is very good for offense. So all of those reasons, I'm excited to watch the Bucks on offense in general. Yeah, for sure. You you hit on uh, like maybe one or it's sort of hit on one of my things. I'll get to that in a bit. But yeah, it's just going to be fun to see offense in a different bud system, sort of like an evolved bud system, I should say, like. Compared to the defense, like that tweet you had, we saw just last season, last regular season, we saw a bunch of different new stuff tried out on defense. And the thing is, that led to a lot of miscues. It led, there were a lot of problems. So we should temper this a little bit and say that there's going to be some problems with the Bucks' offense next regular season. There's going to be issues as they figure stuff out. People are going to be out of position. There's going to be different reads that are missed. People are going to react in ways that they shouldn't in a read and react system. There's just going to be a lot of issues, but that's what is supposed to happen. It's a learning environment. You you learn from your mistakes. That's how you hone your skills, and that's what's going to happen. So, yeah, just I just want to put I don't want to put a damper on things, but it'll be fun to see things new things. But it, there's going to be some struggle in there. There's going to be some. I do think it's easier though on offense because like defense. Like, you're having to react in real time more than offense. Like, on offense, if you mess up, you can, like, you can rescreen, right? Like, you can kick the ball back out. Like, if something doesn't work. Yeah. And worst case, it's like, okay, we'll throw it to Chris and he'll just hit a tough shot. Like, yeah. I'm defense, just saying, like, don't be surprised right. it, it if you see, be, like, a lot of, like, yeah. some turnovers where it's like, oh, why weren't you over here when I was passing the ball and stuff like that? Yeah. Although we've kind of always seen. I, I'm excited about the offense. I think it's going to be easier than the defense. Like, I, like in, on defense, if you mess up for two seconds, like someone's dunking, right? Like it's very immediate and, and harsh. And that can happen on offense if you throw it away too. But I think 
that was always kind of happening for the Bucks, and and they're still messing up some switches on defense, but they are switching more, um, which I like. But Giannis and Brooke have gotten some wires crossed. It's early, um, but I'm excited. So well, let's go to your list then, Rohan Downer. What's your your number one thing to be excited about? <laughs> um, I, it involves the offense as well, okay. but it's more about like the Drew and Chris tandem. Nice. We we talked a lot about during last postseason, like there there was a a slight level of concern that they both couldn't be high output guys at the same time, aside from like game five of the finals where like the big three just went off, but it was a very rare occurrence for Drew and Chris to really, you know, have high offensive outputs in the same game. There was a lot of refinement to be done there. And that plays into what we were talking about, about the offense. Like there just needs to be more, uh, more fluidity to the offense. Chris needs to be able to get to his stuff. Drew needs to be able to get to his stuff. And again, Drew making layups, Chris refining his playmaking skills. Both of those really help in that regard. Because Drew, like you mentioned, he could be a 20 and 10 guy every night with his playmaking and his scoring ability, his ability to get to the rim, his ability to hit step back threes and game sevens for some reason, even though he's been cold the entire game. I don't know. I still, It's still fun. But (laughs) uh, it's just... Those two need to – I'm excited to see how they figure it out. I like that call a lot. I've been thinking about this too. It reminds me – I forget which game it was, but the play where it was like all three of the big three in an action and it ends up Chris pocket pass to Drew who kicks it out to I think Pat on the other on the it other was a du- It was a double high screen with Drew and Chris. Drew slips the screen. It was yeah. against Utah. Yeah, Drew yeah. slips the initial screen. Chris pocket pass between the two defenders who were going to switch. Kicks it to Drew. One side recovers because there's one guy in either corner. He just has to pick whichever guy recovers and then throw it out to it for an easy corner three. And Pat made the three. It's just like... I think those Steve Jones two, was really on top of that. Yeah, he, he's like because I know him and Nikias on the dunker spot have talked. Nikias Duncan on the dunker spot have talked a lot about like Milwaukee makes it so much harder than they have to by not doing stuff like that more. So that's part of the reason that like the offense being more spicy and more saucy like would be so much fun. And I think really like when we talk about win projections for the Bucks and like sixty plus. If they're doing a lot of stuff like that, that's how you can see like 65 wins on a season. Like, just I don't know how you stop them. The, the, the efficiency of those two in the preseason is insane. I don't know if you've looked at these numbers, but Drew in 23, let, just under 24 minutes per game, just 12 points because he got like no free throws, but 57% from two, 43% from three, 4.7 rebounds, 5.7 assists. Uh, 1.3 turnovers, so a very healthy assist to turnover ratio. And then Chris actually led the preseason Bucks in scoring, playing the same minutes per game as Giannis, because he shot 75% from the field, 83% <laughs> from three, did not miss a free throw, and also added four rebounds, two and a half assists, and also two turnovers. So I think Chris leading more into, like, I'm just going to go make every shot, and Drew really leading into I'm going to set up every shot actually makes a lot of sense. Even if Chris is going to be the guy to handle the ball in crunch time, like just letting Drew be even more of a point guard and letting Chris more often, again, he's still going to be handling. We're not taking it away. But when Drew is out there, like let Chris, like set up Chris and then Chris can really eat. That's a fun time. I, I'm laughing because uh, do you remember when we had the same sort of conversation before? Yeah. Uh, it was uh, during the postseason, or right before the post. I don't remember. Was it our spinster spot? I think so. Was it? Yeah, where we were talking about like uh, who should have the ball late game, and we were like, "No, it should be should be Drew." And then we watched the playoffs. It's like, no, it's, it's Chris. Chris. It's Chris. It's Chris. <laughs> but I still think like game to game, it makes sense to put it in Drew's yeah, hands a lot for reg- regular season. Yeah. Regular season. Well, and a part of it too is like, you know. I think Drew is a slightly better playmaker. Chris is just – Drew is – like everyone's more useful if Drew's on the ball because the other guys do more off the ball. Like I think Chris is much more dangerous as a shooter. Obviously no one in the world is more dangerous than Giannis like if he's cutting and rolling to the basket. So putting Drew or on the ball – Or as a shooter. 
Now, yeah, now also as, as Dirk. Um, but Drew on the ball, I think, makes the best sense of everyone's skill sets. And I think he's he's like slightly better of a traditional point guard. Like I think over the course of a game, letting him have the ball a lot makes a lot of sense. But yeah, I think now clearly you need one possession to win. You're putting the ball in Chris's hands and Giannis is screening for him and you're telling the defense make an impossible decision. And even if you're right, you might still lose because either one of those guys can just beat good coverage at their areas of the floor. So uh, I think we have – Chris has convinced us, but I think Drew is going to pile up a good amount of assists this year. Yeah, he did it last year, and this is year two of him in the system. So he's going to get more, more comfortable. Yeah. yeah, it really is. It makes a big difference. Like especially with this group led by Chris and Giannis – They've shown like they it, it takes time for them to really blend and mesh together. And Drew's a part of that. Like Drew's an insanely talented player. So it's just that's how you can win a championship in year one. So year two, you're only getting better. I'm so excited. I I, I had to put excited in the episode title on the on the cron. If you're watching on YouTube, it's been on the screen the whole time. I'm so excited. That's like I, I just keep thinking about how excited I am. I, I am about the uh, this year. Less than a week away. Oh my god! No, that, not even less than a week. Yeah, a couple like days three away. Three days. Yeah, yeah. Let's get it. Four okay, days. So I thought, I thought the season started on Monday. <laughs> I know. I we, we had this conversation like less than a week ago. Um, if you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, it's a good okay. thing. It's a good thing you didn't think it started on Wednesday. And then, like, you go to bed <laughs> early on, really early on Tuesday, you wake up, and what the hell did I miss? Um, <laughs> the Bucks beat the Nets by 50? Wait, I thought they played tonight. Um, okay, I want to do my next one because it's it's actually newsy. I was going to do it first, but the offensive thing just tied in so well. Of course, let's do it. I am, and I'm kind of shoehorning this in here just to appreciate this person and, and because they were in the news, but I'm excited for John Horst's midseason move, which he will certainly make. And this is on the heels of huge Woj flex. He quoted a podcast with Horst on it in the story, the breaking news story about John Horst getting a, all we know is multi-year contract extension. You have to assume. Several years, several more years. That's all we got. So he had two, I think, or like a year and an option remaining. I I think he had, yeah, I think it was a year and an option. So could be like five years. It could be even longer than Bud's current uh, contract with the Bucks, which would I would imagine it is. 
Yeah, he's probably not as eager to get out if things go wrong as Bud. Or... And plus, you don't want to have like your GM and coach That's up for contracts at the same exact time because yeah. like your GM is going to be in charge of coaching yeah. stuff. So yeah, but I just want to let's just talk about Horst for a minute. We don't do this all that often, but obviously not perfect has made mistakes as the lead executive of the Bucks. But I mean, you talk about a run of moves that got them in championship position and now are keeping them in contention. Fire kid, hire bud, extend Giannis, trade for Drew, acquire Bobby, re-sign Bobby. I don't he never re-signed Chris, oh, did he? Was Chris already? I I believe so. I'm not sure if he ever re-signed. No, 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 he did. He did. Did he resign? So because so it was the Tobias Harris summit. Oh, you're right. So then so he's literally signed all three members of the big three. To like four plus year and Eric Bledsoe, yeah, the Bledsoe one was not so good. But honestly, I think that 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 goes to what's best about Horst. Well, it's just like he's always able to flip it, right? He's always able to. Oh, I did. I messed this one up. I should have should have kept Brogdon, not Bledsoe. That became clear. But we're gonna like we're gonna pivot. We're gonna pivot away out of it, and we are going to always do what we can, whatever we can within ownership's budgetary constraints. Horace wanted to keep PJ for sure. He just did. Like the quotes were very obvious that he wanted to. Whatever. I If you want to put some of that on Horace, that's fine. I personally don't. I think he wanted to keep him the way he talked about the bird rights. But whatever. You can. If you, if you don't want to divorce those things, that's fine. I still think it's relatively minor. And he got him in the first place in time yep. for him to be a, a starter on the championship team. Um but I think, listen, I think there's this common thing that he's average or worse. I've seen people say this, which I think is insane. But uh, he didn't get Giannis. He didn't get Chris. Like, he retained both of them when it wasn't – I mean, Giannis always was. But it wasn't Ty, apparently not keep apparently keeping your guys what you're supposed to do. Yeah, it's it's so easy. I don't know why more teams just don't always retain their great players. It's Just ask Toronto. If you're, if you're in a small market, everyone knows it's the default that you keep your guys forever. That's why Anthony Davis Even is big markets, Pelican, again, and, ask Toronto. And, well, Vince, Bosh, T-Mac, Kawhi, Lowry. Kyle Lowry, yeah. Um, <laughs> No, I think, and I think honestly, uh, horse draft record like Merrill started off 30, really started off started off real bad. Yeah, DJ Wilson, <laughs> Jason Kidd loved DJ Wilson. All I'm saying about that, but one. he got Sterling Brown in the second round. Yeah, who's now like might start for the Mavericks this year. I wish he would have gotten in shape when he was a buck. But like Wara looks good. Mamu's been interesting. Merrill put up thirty as the last pick in the draft in the preseason. Uh, we'll see about Kalidzakis, but. Um, I just, my favorite thing about him is the resourcefulness and just the commitment to doing whatever it takes to put Giannis in a situation to win. Cause we don't always see that. We do no. not always see that golden state is going into the year with three rotation players who are rookies or a second year player who actively bomb the team as a rookie. Like, and they just cut Avery Bradley to save luxury tax money. So wait, but he's the new will. Yeah, of course he is. Do you see that? No, I didn't. No, they made an intro video where Wise or where a where a CGI Wilt is standing behind James Wiseman. <laughs> that that's a team that employed Wilt at one point, isn't it? Yep. That's disgraceful. That's absolutely disgraceful. <laughs> that that would be like if you put Marcus Johnson behind Kalidzakis. Like, get out of here with that. Come on. Have some respect for your franchise legends, Joey Lightyears. Have some that's terrible. I, I wish I hadn't known that because it pissed me off. But but it's true. You don't always see teams willing to go all in for this year. And the Bucks kind of always are. And I think they've gotten made fun of for it. They got panned when they did the Drew trade. But look what happens when you give a guy like Giannis a window. And I, I appreciate that a lot about Horst. Congrats to him. He's going to get some nice role player for peanuts. I mean, I didn't even mention the Grayson Allen trade. Yeah, exactly. Which is incredible. I mean, like, he I keeps mean doing Sam this. Merrill. Sam Merrill. Yeah, maybe it wasn't worth it. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's just giving a giving old friend Taylor Jenkins a, a present. Yeah, and they needed a second franchise player in case JJJ doesn't pan out to go with Josh. <laughs> see, do you see Jaron Jackson hit a step back three after an insane move against the Bulls? It was I, wild. I can't believe it wasn't against the Bucks. I feel like against the Bucks, he is like an eighty percent three point shooter. He had like a he had like a hardened step back, and I was like, oh my god, that's I great, love Jaron. That, that's not what I that's not what I need from him. 
but still, it it shows his range. It does. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And Ty, you want to know how we're we're both uh, we've both been podcasting for a little bit now. How? Uh, <laughs> because I had a takeaway, so we could talk about horse. Really? You had horse as one of yours too? No, I didn't. I said I was interested to see how the Bucks handled their backup big spot, which I was going to segue into talking about horse and his extension. I mean. Also, oh, I had a note about that. I haven't tweeted this. I've been saving this for the pod. I thought about tweeting it, but I said, no, this is a pod take only. Hashtag pod take. But don't tweet it. It's only for the pod. It's a pod hashtag. The Bucks have leaned into this Spurs thing, right? Like, they enjoy the Spurs comparison. And it's, mm-hmm. it's one thing to say things, Joey Lightyears, but it's another to actually, like, go and do things. Locking up all three of the best players, the GM and the coach, that is some real Spursy. That's a Spursy thing to do. It's like we're keeping everyone. We're not going to be the Cavs and let the G force the GM out after a few years and let things get bad with the coach. Like we are going to retain everyone. We're just going to keep building this core because we believe in it. It's a good thing. Like I'm, I'm, I'm happy about the org. But talk about Horace because you, you, you also were going to bring up Horace, which I think well, we are good. Pot- shout out to us. <laughs> shout out to us. Yeah. Uh, well, we already talked about it, so we could just talk about the backup big stuff in the sense that uh, I'm excited. This is how I'm framing it. I'm excited to see how they handle that sort of situation because uh, this is m- mostly about the regular season. In the playoffs, we know Brooke Giannis is a center tandem. That's enough. That is more than enough. But the regular season isn't it. It's a different issue. Last regular season, we saw Bobby Portis be the de facto backup five. And for, he, he was for the entirety of the season. Um, in the playoffs, they sort of, they sort of learned that maybe that's not the best idea. Uh, maybe, ha- maybe not Bobby solo. is better. Yeah. yeah. Bobby is better as a four, though he did survive in the regular season. So maybe that's, maybe that's just the answer to that question. Uh, you just, you just roll with Bobby again. Uh, but if they do fully lean, lean into Bobby at the four for the entirety of the regular season and playoffs, you need to figure out that backup big spot. Yeah. Um, and my faith, I had faith early. I was maybe overreacting to preseason a little bit. I had some faith in Mamu. But as the competition got Ooh, tougher, he yeah. looked rough. Yeah. I, rough. I, think, I think we're seeing two down stocks in a row. Yeah. Shout out to the GSPN Substack where you can find the exclusive home of the Buck stock market. I don't know what I'm pointing at. Uh, GSPN. You're pointing at the Eurostep logo. That's always that's always good. Uh, Bit.ly/slash/find/gspn for the Substack and everything else we do. Um, yeah, Mamu Mamu stock cratered at the end there. Um, he needs some time in Oshkosh, I think. So the backup. This ties into one of my other things. Uh, I am excited to see if Horst acquires a big. I don't even know if. The Bucks feel that press. I guess it depends on health. They keep talking. Every time this subject comes up, they mention the same player. And it's not Bobby Portis. It's Shemi Ojale. They always talk about every time. Horst, bud, like, oh, we really, we really miss Shemi for the, this big spot. I think we want to play smaller, which honestly. How do you miss him if you haven't had him? I <laughs> They've that's deep. They've, they've, yeah, they've, they've <laughs> like spiritually, spiritually, they're used to. I don't know. I don't he know. He has not played a game for never, the Milwaukee Bucks in not. the entirety of the universe, and you can't, so you can't miss him <laughs> in the entirety of the universe. Um, but clearly, they're planning on on using him as maybe a small ball five, even like at least a four. So, I'm excited just for Shemi season to see like what the hell is this going to look like. Because this was not the Bucks' mo. Like they they weaponized their size and won a title. They're still going to be your eyebrow raise when I said that was absolutely. We're going to clip that, but um, <laughs> but like they've always leaned into playing big. It's like Brooke and Giannis, and I think they're they're leading a lot more into Giannis as basically a five and pieces around him. But the way they keep talking about Shemi, like, are we going to see, we've seen Pat as the four now. We've seen that in the preseason or like at least Pat and Chris as kind of like co-fours. But um, we're taking credit. We were on that way earlier. We were oh, on yeah. Pat C is more of a four than a two for like a full year now. So that's that's panning out. I think we're going to see some Pat and Shemi four or five groups that just switch everything. I'm kind of excited. Like, I don't know that's, if it's going to work okay. great. You but just got me excited about it's that. It's going to be weird, and I can't wait. Like, what the hell is a, like, George Hill, Chris Middleton, I don't know, Grayson, Pat, 
Shemi is going to be like a random lineup of mostly that bench lineup players. sounds awful. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If maybe it does. maybe uh, maybe Wara instead of Allen there. Sure. Whatever floats your boat. I, I went with Allen because get some get some more playmaking. The one I said uh, Chris would have to do a lot. Chris and Hill, but it's like there's just there's a lot of switchability there, and I think they're I think they're leading into that more, and I'm excited to see what that looks like. So I'm excited for Shemi season. I think he's going to be good. Like I think they talk about him like he's going to be really good. We'll see. See, that's what I'm worried about. I'm so trepidatious about this because we good we word. don't we haven't seen anything. I know. Well, it's more. I'm just saying, like, I want to see how they do it because the way they're talking, it sounds like they're going to play really small. We just it sounds like they're that. going to play Shemi a lot. I know, like, they're, <laughs> Which they're we, all in. we haven't seen anything after I, I we got to pull the line. His Boston career wasn't insane. Listen, the it's last not time like he would have to improve a lot, <laughs> and he would have time. to relied upon to have improved a lot for him to fill the role that the Bucks want him to play. Which, like, I want to believe. I want to believe in him. Sure, I want to believe that that is true. I just need to see it. I, I know. Listen, the last time they brought someone from the outhouse to the penthouse, it went really well, and I think they said we we it worked for Teague. Teague was somehow an important rotational player for us. We're gonna, we're just gonna assume Shemi is too. I don't know. I did don't... you did you hear Kemba Walker on the low post? I didn't by any chance. Uh, he was talking about his bot. Like Zach just point blank asked him, like, "What's going on in Boston? Why are the vibes always off?" He was just like, he didn't answer. He's like, "Man, I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> All I know is that I'm a positive person, and I like I'm the most positive person. Now I need to hear Teague on the low post. Just to, I, I, I need. 30 minutes on the penthouse to outhouse analogy and just like what what really went into that um but yeah i'm I'm excited i'm a little nervous like it almost seems it's funny because you say the hype it's not like national nba hype it's very specific to like bucks twitter and like people who really follow the bucks but the org seems pumped and jacked about shemi so it's like i'm just so intrigued to see what exactly they're gonna do with him i'm i'm really Wondering how, what the extent of his calf strain is, because that's also just concerning in general. Yeah. So, again, I, I I almost asked, do we have a timetable? I should just we assume never, no. We never have no. a timetable. Um, like, what would a lineup? What if they do Portis and Shemi? And like, I don't even know how it works. But you're switching everything. You have Shemi as the defensive big and Portis as the offensive big. So like. Shemi maybe is guarding the five and Portis is on a bigger wing, but on offense, Portis is like rolling and posting. Shemi in the corner. Yeah, Shemi's in the corner or like cutting on offense. Like it's gonna be interesting. I'm very excited. Bobby cutting and posting, like he's not just gonna take face up mid range. Yeah, we know. (laughs) Bobby's gonna be in the middle of the floor, probably with the ball. Bobby's gonna be doing Bobby things, which is awesome. Yeah, we love Bobby. Uh, can't wait to see him back too. But oh yeah, we haven't seen him at all this preseason. Only in the open scrimmage. Which we didn't see. <laughs> true, true. Okay, what's your what's your next source of excitement? Um, let's 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 go with a not necessarily a new face, but a new a new role for someone, and that's Jordan Wara. It's hard not to be excited about Jordan Wara thought, after the preseason. I thought it was going to be you you saying Ta is ready to step into twelve points a game here. I mean, I've been there. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't really need to be excited about. It. Uh, <laughs> That's just my mindset going yeah, into every yeah. season. Uh, but Jordan Wara, it's it was interesting to see him get the start. Maybe not super interesting, but he got the start with Chris Middleton being out. So it was more minutes with him with most of the regular starters. And correct me if I'm wrong, because again, I didn't see the game thanks to my internet. Uh, but it wasn't awful. Like he had some nice pass. Like uh, he, he had got some the nice downstock. He did get the downstock. He did stock. get the downstock. I didn't love his game. He shot a little, he pressed a little too much. Um, but it wasn't awful and it wasn't, it wasn't super discouraging. It was just like a little, I, I just think he pressed a little bit being out there with the starters, which is normal. Yeah. It's like you're, you're trying, you're trying too hard. Yeah. In that. It's like you're trying to blend the role of, uh, being the, the guy in the first couple right. preseason games to like, okay, now you're like the fifth option. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a, a tough, turnaround. it's a tough rope to really, what's the expression? Tough road to hoe. What? You never heard that? No. <laughs> like, like, like the old school hoe, like using a hoe on dirt. Not, yeah. 
<laughs> it's. I think that's. <laughs> let me Google that. I'm pretty sure that's me. <laughs> it's. It's. You're, it's a tug of war, I'll say. Oh, okay. That's a completely different thing. Yeah. Tough slash hard road to hoe. It's uh, road to, oh, it's row to hoe, not road, row, like a row of plants. I always thought it was road. It's in <laughs> sure. Merriam-Webster. It's real. Okay. This is, I mean, this is just a running bit of me on the pod learning expressions. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just add this to the list. But, but Jordan, it's, it's hard to imagine he doesn't get in like significant minutes to start. Maybe yeah. not significant, but significant for him yeah. in his like compared to what he got last season, uh going into this regular season, especially with Dante still out whenever he's coming back. So you need another guy. And Jordan War is primed to be that guy. We've talked a lot about his defense, his playmaking, is why he needs to be he he needs to work on that. And once he works on that, then he should have like a solid rotational role in this Bucks system. Honestly, at this point, I'm like, whatever, man. You could score. <laughs> like, I, literally in my notes here, I wrote defense is overrated when you're a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you think about it, like the player he would most seamlessly be fitting in for is Forbes, who could do none of that stuff either. Like that, that's the, I think that's the difference between a rotation. And he can do and more it, than Forbes. He can. I think that's the difference between a, a rotation spot in the playoffs versus the regular season. Like, I, I agree. Even if Wara is not the the dimer, what do you have, like three assists? And I was like, he's literally never done that before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even if he's not a dimer or a defender, like, I think he'll still play um, because Forbes wasn't either of those things either, and he played. And I think I agree with you. He's going to at least to start the year. If you look at the five starters are going to be the four we're used to and Grayson to start, I think, with Dante out. That's been the lineup. That's That was always pretty obvious. Portis is going to play when he's healthy. We'll see if he's ready for game one. Then it's like Pat is going to play. Hill is going to play. And after that, it's really like it's Wara is the next guy up. And what is that, ninth, I think? Like ninth yep. guy? Like that's minutes. That's real minutes. That's around Forbesy minutes. And we'll see, like, when Dante comes back, I'm sure he's going to slide in somewhere. It'll probably take him a while to get back into playing a lot of minutes. But, you know, is Hood even going to have a chance to get that role? Maybe not, depending on how he comes along and how good Wara looks. It's going to be exciting. I'm kind of glad. I'm never glad to see an injury. But I'm glad it's shaking out in a way that, like, Wara is going to get a real chance to play. I don't think there's a scenario where... He has one bad game and doesn't play for the, fir- the rest of the first month. Like, I think he's going to have to play for the first month. He, he's going to have a longer leash. Yeah, which is good. Like, I, if, you know, if he ends up benched by, like, right before the playoffs because he's still not coming along as a passer or defender, and they're like, okay, Hood came along, and, and Shemi, I forgot about Shemi. Shemi's healthy, and, and we're really liking what he does. Then fine, if you want to value defense, value defense. But at least he's going to get some experience and some of that necessary playing time to work on that stuff. So that's pretty exciting. So uh, it'll be really fun to watch him early in the year and see, can he marry being a bucket with being a productive member of the offense? Basically, what we're wondering is, does he have what kind of potential does he have? Because we talked about earlier, you, you joked about uh, the light years Warriors going all in on like player development while uh, maintaining like a championship core. And that's just, that's untenable, but you have to try at least. And this is the Bucks guy, right? With the most potential. Easily. Yeah. If, if you're looking at like, not it's him, it's him or Dante <laughs> or oh. your, your or mom. Yeah. I was, Mama would be the other one. I think who's like younger. Um, I mean, Giannis, who knows, but I, I don't think you really count him in these discussions. No. Yeah. He's already that guy. But you ha- you have to try a little bit, right? Yeah. You can't just go all in like the Warriors did, obviously. Um, but if you have a guy, you got you to gotta try, especially if there's an opportunity for him to play. Yeah. Like there is with War. And he can actually currently be productive. Like we have no idea what Moses Moody or Jonathan Kaminga can do. No, Modi Moody. <laughs> That's the best thing Perk has contributed to basketball media. Easy. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be topped anytime soon. No, no, not a chance. Uh, we, we have no idea what those guys are going to do. Yeah. We know what Jordan Warwick can do. Score. So, Warwick yeah, the scorer. 
Nice. That's I not like me. It. That's Ben on Twitter. Oh. That's Ben on Twitter. Okay. I would love maybe to I'm, take credit. Maybe I'm not online enough. <laughs> That's good. That's good. We should all strive to be like that. Um, I agree. I'm excited about Wara the Scora. Wara more okay. scoring. It's like the opposite of swiper, no swiping. That was bad. Okay. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, third in preseason scoring for the Bucks per game, by the way. First in total by a mile. But just behind Chris and Giannis in only a couple more minutes per game. Um, 43, nice. 41, 83 shooting splits for Wara. Five rebounds, two and a half assists. Man, just, he can score. Yeah, 1.8 turnovers. We, we haven't really focused on like, uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but like Chris being uh, uh, ready to go to start the season, which has not been a thing in yeah. years past. And it's just like maybe having a very, very short off season where you're very busy playing a lot of basketball helps. Yeah, he just never turned it off. Like as long as he can keep it going. Otherwise, yeah. if you're going to be cold, and, Chris. And he can stay healthy. Yeah, be cold in November. But otherwise, yeah, I mean. Maybe Chris should like always find something to play in. Like Chris just shows up to TBT and takes home a million dollars for fun. Like I gotta keep playing. It's my thing. If Chris shows up to TBT and wins the million dollars and just keeps it, that would be the most disrespectful <laughs> thing in the history of basketball. I what would Chris He's going up against? Do? A, no wait, overseas elite isn't a thing anymore, right? So he I just shows. It, yeah. He just shows up against these random college teams. Yeah, it's and him it's just against like, Buddy Bayheim and Syracuse, <laughs> old Syracuse guys. He's just annihilating everyone. That'd be fun. Uh, oh, it'd be, it'd be an insane entertainment value. But yeah. you have to like give the money to whoever you beat in the championship round. <laughs> like, what happens if like an NBA? I don't think NBA players could actually do it. No, I imagine doubt if like eligible. Chris, Drew, and Giannis just showed up. We would like to do this. <laughs> Can we, enter, can we enter this tournament? Team building. <laughs> the, the entire Milwaukee Bucks, just oh like after God. they win the, their back-to-back champion Milwaukee Bucks, it's like, yeah, we'll enter the TBT. Why not? They're, they're going to give all the money to uh, to Bobby Portis because he's earned it for these pay cuts. Oh, oh, yeah, 100%. I was going to say the Euro stuff, but Bobby okay, Portis. Okay, sure. That works too. <laughs> all right, my final thing. My last thing on my list. We touched on it a little bit earlier a couple times, but – and this might be this might be your last thing. You have one more thing oh as well, correct? Yep. Grace and Allen. Sort of, yeah. Okay, okay. So you have some other aspect to this, but I am excited about Grace and Allen being what I think offensively, like the perfect fifth starter for the Bucs. Like I am thrilled about the Grayson experience. I'm thrilled about the trade. I don't care that Merrill had 30 in a preseason game. I truly do not. I am stoked about Grayson Allen, I think the combination. I know. So Eric Name tweeted about uh, Eric is going to always get cited on the pod because he's great. Follow Eric if you don't. But um, and now great at play-by-play too, or at color commentary too, I should say. But um, Grayson heard from Giannis like because he they did the inverted pick and roll, and I don't think Grayson shot quickly enough or something. I might have actually missed the play, but it was like Giannis will let you know you got to shoot if you're in that position. And it's funny and it's true, but also, like he name cited like Corver and Forbes as the guy they did that a lot before with. How exciting is it to have a guy that can do that and is enough a, a credible enough shooter, but also like can handle the ball, has athleticism, can dunk, can drive, can pass. Like I think it's going to open up the offense so much. I've, we've talked about it on the last pod a lot, but who needs Bogdan when you have Grayson Allen? Exactly. Not all the way, but sort of. It is a. It's actually not a terrible. Like, is is he eighty percent of Bogdan? That's a pretty good player. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. He's bouncier than Bogdan. Did you see the clip that OGGZ chefs OGGZ? Yeah, OGGZ's like post championship OGGZ's tweets have been on another he, level. He got it. He got a clip of the pregame where I think Zora was talking mid court, and then you can just see players <laughs> in the background, and then you can see Grace and Allen just do this like wild three sixty split legged dunk, and it's like, oh my god! <laughs> now they're calling him Tracy McGrayson. Earlier, I saw him. They typed Grayson Allen. Yeah, Grayson <laughs> Allen. Like the like Ray the, Allen. The, yeah, the comps are just tremendous, and I don't endorse any of them as actual comps. But the meme. Potential, I endorse all of them. The, the meme <laughs> potential of just equating Grayson Allen to all these all-time great wing players is just incredible. Um, 
I also, also saw like a, a, a tweet that the Bucks have like all the bounciest white guys in the league. It's true. Uh, it's very yeah. true. Um, Market that, insufficiency, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I just love uh, one last OGGZ tweet note. Like <laughs> when Steve Jones clipped the bud, the, not the bud, but the clip, the, the double drag screen, uh, mm-hmm. drew, drew, uh, Chris to Drew to Pat. Just Bud, Bud won the championship, and now he's in his bag. And I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. Like, I want to see Bud put, like, Spain pick and rolls and all the fun hoop nerd stuff. Like, one one on hard mode. Now we're going to have some fun. <laughs> but, yeah, Grayson <laughs> Allen, exciting. Yeah, very, very excited. I think I might I, – I've talked a lot about him being supercharged Tony Snell. That might be underselling him a little I bit. I told you. A little bit. I'm not, I'm not convinced that it's underselling him by a lot. Because supercharged Tony Snell is incredible. Supercharged Tony, supercharged Tony Snell, supercharged, supercharged Tony Snell is like. See, I, I don't want to add the ball handling. That's the thing, because like that's that's what Tony Snell lacked was like the ball handling, but it's like it is. I don't all know if Grayson of, has that though. He has a lot more than Tony Snell does. That's why he's supercharged. I, when I think of supercharged, I think of like all the things that player does well. Yeah, that's fair. Like example, like supercharged Tony Snell is clay. <laughs> Wow, that's good. That's Clay Thompson. Yeah, like that's the. It's hard to think of because most of the two way wings who are like that, like the Kawhi's and Paul George's, they end up like getting so much better at handling with the usage, and then it's like okay, completely. Chris different. Middleton, the disrespect. Yeah, Chris is up there too. It's a good one. Come on, man. We're a pro Chris Middleton podcast. Well, maybe I th- maybe I have him on a whole different tier. Maybe you Ooh. disrespected him. Maybe to me, he's super supercharged, Tony Snell. <laughs> I mean, I did say he's better than Paul Prime. <laughs> you did. Hey, he might he might get back there again. I don't know. PG's gonna have it all to himself this year, and he looked damn good in the playoffs. PG have it all. Yeah, but uh, but Grayson, Grayson, I, I I am I am very excited. I'm oh, very man. excited. Uh, but that that sort of leads into what I was saying, and that's just the Grayson Dante battle. Like that's what this season really is i mean obviously it's more than that but in terms of those two <laughs> players this is a regular season to see which one of them is staying with the bucks which one of them is getting the extension maybe not i mean there's a world where neither of them get it but yeah i in i believe that one of them is staying yeah one if it's not them. an extension they'll they'll get re-signed right like i think i agree one well, of yeah them, yeah one of them will be the starter. Is getting a new deal yeah one of them will be the 2022 23 starter most likely and With one of them's going to be on a different know, team. But yeah, one of them probably is somewhere else by the One of them might get traded by the trade deadline. Exactly. We'll see. So there's like a solid couple months stretch and Grayson has a head start. Big Who knows time. if Dante's even back by the trade deadline? That's crazy. Because we're, we're, we're back to a normal calendar. So it's February? January? January. February. February. Okay, I should I should trust myself. Uh, but yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see because... Like you said, one of them is going to be the starter next season. One of them's not. So how is that going to play? If Grayson Allen is playing really well and Dante comes back, how much? How many minutes does Dante get? Like, how can, how can you take away from Grayson if he's successful? Yeah. And on the flip side, if Grayson isn't really panning out with the starters and Dante comes back, is it like sort of like a two-man rotation in that regard? Like, are you sort of splitting those minutes? Are you sort of spot starting one versus the other? It's a game by game. I know Bud doesn't like to do that, so maybe not that. Yeah. But which one is which one is he going to roll with? Which one is he going to have more faith in? He's been a Dante guy. Like Dante was his guy. Uh, yeah. Starting out, he was like the one young guy he started to play during his rookie season. And then he obviously dealt with injuries, so it didn't really work out. And then last year, he's the starter. And again, he gets injured in the playoffs. Grayson's here. Grayson's going to be a starter. Is he going to stick with him? I'm very, very excited to see how that battle plays out. I have a question for you following on that same note. Okay. So we agree the most likely scenario, and this is we're talking about next year, one of them is on the roster, one is not. Correct. Which of these other two scenarios is more likely? Both of them are on the roster, or neither of them is on the roster. Both. I think so too. I don't think it's likely. It's hard. It's very, very difficult to go from, uh, well, one, just losing a draft pick after their rookie contract is not very common, especially one who's been a starter for Jabari Parker, baby. It's not unheard of for the Bucks. It's, you're right. It's not unheard of for the Bucks, but it's, uh, that's, it's a rare occurrence. Malcolm Brogdon. (laughs) 
Oh, Bucks are not trying to pay these guys who are not named Chris <laughs> Drew Giannis and and oh, formerly God, you Bledsoe. Might be, maybe it is neither. <laughs> I don't think it's neither. Um, I, I think if it's neither, they probably made some sort of a move that we didn't see coming to get somebody else. Like I don't think Bogdan's here? Question mark. <laughs> I well, they have no salary. That's what stinks. Like about the trades this year. Like I think it's going to be honestly extend I think, one of them right now and trade him. I I think it's more likely. That's tough. I think it's more likely a change of scenery deal where they flip a Dante or a Grayson, but probably a Dante, for someone else I like near the end of a rookie deal. And both teams are just like, let's take a look at this other guy. We don't want to pay for our guy. Maybe we'll want to pay that guy. Like I think that's the most like I've dug into so many. You have to include more players. The Bucks won't want to do that. Um, but I think neither the most likely is like somehow they find a, a two guard or whatever that they're like, oh, wow, this guy's even better. Is it Wara? What if Wara has an insane year and ends up as a star? Wara is more of a three or four. In I think. Opinion. Well, then call Chris a two. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's likely. Listen, I I don't think it's likely. But I think the neither. I, I still think the more likely scenario is like most likely. We both agree. One, one of them's on. One of them. Yeah. Um, but I think if it's neither, I, I don't think they would just lose both. They're both going to be restricted at the end of the year. So like the Bucks would either they insanely cheap out or they're just like we are going in a different direction. And that could be exciting. I don't think it's going to happen, but that would be a midseason and, move. You could have like a sign and trade as well. Yeah, but it, it just gets tough with with the cap and everything. But oh yeah, you'd be because then you're hard capping, and the bucks yeah. the bucks have to be careful about doing that. Yeah, um, they can't they can't really hard cap themselves, especially with Bobby Bobby presumptively yeah. getting a new deal next offseason. If they don't, what what do you think is the reaction if Bobby doesn't get a new deal next offseason? Unless it's like like a an actual trade to bring in someone else, very bad. Which I would be surprised yeah. by that. Even if he doesn't have like the greatest season, he's he he needs a deal. It's yeah. I almost said it's like a Dirk esque deal, like a thank you deal. I'm not gonna comment on it at all because I enjoy the Bucks having all the second round draft picks they are currently projected to own. Don't say anything, Rohan. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Okay. I said I don't want to compare it to that. Okay, perfect. That's my quote. I don't want to compare it to Joe whatever, Joe Smith, who cost the Timberwolves two first-round picks. What? Cap circumvention. Look it up. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Well, are we both done with our takeaways? I think so. Okay. Well, we do have some news that concerns GSPN. Okay. Uh, We have a a new free agent on the market that would uh, intrigue a one Adam McGee. Oh, boy. Can you guess who it is? Urson? No, it's Harry Giles. He got waived by the Clippers. <laughs> oh, did he really? Oh, yeah, because I kept... Okay, here's Arden the thing. Stud. Yeah, I was going to say. It's exciting to hear Harry Giles is available until you hear Isaiah Hartenstein beat him out for the roster spot. Yeah. <laughs> that was more of a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a good one. It's a good joke. Uh, but yeah, I think we are both very, very, very excited for this regular season, which starts on Tuesday, uh, I now know against the, <laughs> against the Brooklyn Nets. Um, yeah, it, it'll be it'll be exciting. There's going to be a watch party outside at the Deer District uh, for the ring ceremony. Um, it's going to be a fun night. It's going to be a very fun night. We don't we don't uh, know if they're streaming the ring ceremony yet. I heard they Bucks. should. Com. They, they always have do. To. They have no. They show it on TV. Be on TV. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be on because it's a TNT game. Yeah, yeah. First game uh, of the year. Imagine if it's imagine if it's not nationally televised. NBA TV. NBA TV for the first game of the season uh, for the potential title. If it wasn't again. the Nets, that that would have been on the table, I think. Yeah, but you have to. No, yeah. Like it's 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 always the de- the defending champs are usually like one of the first two games, yeah. right? Yeah. So that'll be on Tuesday night. Uh, it's it's an exciting time, Ty. We're we're back. It's almost the regular season again. We're all the way back. We're here. Yeah. The, the day someone's listening to this, it might be that day. I mean, we're dropping this on Saturday. If so, congratulations for being in the future. We have to wait a few more days to get there, but I, I think people can tell. I'm excited. I'm extremely excited. I think the odds of repeating look strong. I think Giannis looks great. Chris and Drew look great. Everyone looks great. You look great. I oh, look thanks, okay. man. You look yeah. great. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I feel great. Outside from my Good. allergies killing me on this pod. But otherwise, I feel Shout great. Shout out to no allergy gang. Must be nice. It is. 
uh, on that note, let's wrap this up. Say thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to plug. We got the GSPN YouTube channel, Eurostep Podcast Network on YouTube, the Eurostep Substack, gspn.substack.com. Like I mentioned, the exclusive home of the Buck stock market. Uh, we got to talk about how we're going to play this during the regular season. Um, but yeah, that's where you'll find mostly me and Ty, occasionally Adam and Jordan writing our writing our stock movements after the conclusion of each game. It's a little post-game wrap-up plus the stock market as usual. So, you know, nice little handy uh, thing there. I couldn't think of a word. Uh, so Indispensable make sure you... resource for Bucks fans, really. That is perfect. There we go. That's why it's big time time. Uh, so we got to <laughs> make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any of that. So make sure you're subscribed to the Eurostep Podcast Network on your podcast platform of choice. Leave a five-star review on Apple. Five stars, only five. If it's less than five, just don't bother. Just make sure it's five. Or even if you think it's like a one star, just accidentally click five. Click five and then tear us a new one in the review. And that oh, works yeah, for do us. that. Yeah, yeah. That works. Make yeah, fun well, of well, us. Dunk on me. Don't dunk on Rohan. That's stupid. Uh, no, that's fine. Dunk, dunk, on, dunk me. on Adam McGee for not yes. losing Jeopardy so hard. We have to do that again at some point. But <laughs> yep, don't dunk on me for any aspect of Jeopardy. Um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, thank you again for listening. Hopefully, you're all excited about the season like we are. Take care, and we will talk to you next time.